Welcome to the Directions Mag podcast. We're honored to bring you this valuable resource back to you as we celebrate our 20th year in the geospatial community. Read more at directionsmag.com. Bill McNeil, our small UAV contributing editor, is hosting a quarterly UAV podcast. After a word from our sponsor, Bill interviews Antoine Martin about his insights on UAVs and its impact on the GIS industry. ESRI, the global leader in GIS, is proud to sponsor the Directions Magazine UAV podcast series. Did you know that ArcGIS is a complete, integrated remote sensing and GIS software platform enabling you to collect, process, analyze, manage, and share imagery? Drone to Map for ArcGIS turns your drone-captured imagery into stunning 2D and 3D imagery products that can be easily shared with anyone. Learn more today at esri.com imagery. Today we're conducting a podcast with Anton Martin, uh, the former North American Managing Director of PIX4D. Anton, uh, can you give us a little more information about your background and experience uh, in the UAV industry? Absolutely, Bill. Well, first, thank you for having me over in, the, in this podcast. Always happy to, to share my experience. I have about 20 years experience, and back in the days, I actually started uh, developing w- robots uh, in the late 90s. I have been solely focusing on UAVs over the last uh, 10 years, so I've seen the industry boom, and it's been a great, I have been involved with very large companies, very small companies, startups, mid-sized companies, and most recently, as you pointed out, uh, PIX4D. From your perspective, uh, how have you seen the drone industry evolve over the last five years? Yes, and really the last four or five years really seem like 20 years to me, just because of the pace of, of everything, uh, not only the technology. It really started to build with uh, the government. Uh, the government, especially the uh, military and Department of Defense, have always been uh, very keen on UAVs just because they really offer a completely disruptive way of conducting operations at a standoff, which provides an enormous level of safety instead of putting people at risk. Uh, from that uh, very you know, purely military uh, endeavors, a lot of government labs from the scientific point of view and public universities uh, started to have grants and really look into UAVs to, for ways which would be other than, than military. And that lasted a little while. And very early on, we had uh, tinkerers and do-it-yourselfers that were putting together you know, servos, autopilots, cameras and making things fly uh, back when the word drone was not really you know used very much people used to uh, call them UAVs and then once the technology uh, was you know kind of working we had the early adopters those would be very small companies with like a couple of people within often providing a service that really wanted to try out a new technology and really provide uh, something else than you know, their competitors and the market as a whole did not uh, did not provide. And from those early adopters that really proved that the technology was working, we transitioned to mid-sized companies. So those would be, you know, insurance companies, survey companies, civil engineering companies, 
that really started to say, hmm, you know, we can use UAVs in our operations. How can we really use them? The reliability bill over the last five years has gone up tremendously. Tremendously, the regulators have aligned that now it is possible to fly uh, UAVs. You're starting to see different options in terms of uh, sensors. And more importantly, the trust for UAVs as a new tool in the toolbox is, is here. How has this uh, affected data collection and, and data processing? Yes, uh, you have to realize that really most, most drones uh, fly with a camera to record photos or videos. Really, for the most part, that's what drones are doing. So suddenly, when you fly a drone, you actually are collecting data. And the data being something from usually the Earth, uh, you can actually create uh, maps and models and really have a good understanding of what's happening below you. It is not very convenient to store hours and hours of video and uh, look, at, look at video, as you know. So if you are you know, in a business where you have something to do or something to measure, suddenly you need, you need a, a map or a 3D model that is accurate and true to scale so that you can use drones as a tool. So in terms of data collection, uh, there's been a lot of data collection, a lot of data processing uh, that people can do on their own. And that's really is a disruptive technology that drones are not only just flying machines, but that they enable people to collect and process their own data. So in a way, drones have democratized uh, map making, map making, photogrammetry, and, and 3D models as a whole. How has the drone industry enabled new users uh, to make and consume maps? Absolutely. Maybe I should give you an example here. Let's say you are uh, in the mining business and you extract earth and minerals and you have big trucks and you're moving, you know, moving valuable material uh, that's, you know, constant and you're billing people for, you know, what you are uh, giving them. You're monitoring your information, it's PNL, it's balance sheet, etc. You're in the mining business. You're not really at all in a, in a drone business or anything. You have a work to do, and suddenly drones are able to give you uh, numbers as volumes of earth that has been moved, for instance. The traditional way of doing things is putting people and surveyors or survey equipment to go throughout the mine and collect points, discrete points, so that uh, volumetric measurement uh, can be done. Well, you know, that, uh, that takes time, it's dangerous for those people, it takes a couple of days just to collect uh, the data. So suddenly drones are, you know, giving you a very good return on investment. So they are inexpensive and you can get your volumetric calculations very easily. But in addition to getting a volume, of volumes of piles of whatever, coal or gravel, whatever it is. Suddenly you have actually a whole map of your site. You have elevation of your entire site. You have a 3D model and a point cloud that before you might not have even seen or knew what they were. So those 
mining managers are suddenly facing that not only they can get their volumetric calculations done for a fraction of the cost and increase safety, but they also have additional data that they can use to their advantage. So those people are now really in the imagery uh, with imagery products in their hands that they can you know, leverage and really uh, find new uh, use for, where before they were just uh, caring about a volumetric measurement every so often. So really what drones have been doing, because they are so inexpensive and reliable, and you can get, you can get maps out of them, is they have enabled a new breed of people with maps and with 3D models that they can really use and leverage. Can you briefly explain uh, GCP, uh, RTK, and LIDAR? And where do you see these fitting into the GIS landscape? Sure. So what you have to realize, Phil, is a drone that flies has a GPS antenna. This is a small GPS antenna with a small receiver inside. It's you know, more or less consumer grade and the absolute accuracy that you would derive from the GPS, which is embedded in the drone, is usually about 10 feet uh, absolute accuracy, which is uh, not enough for somebody doing survey or somebody who wants to derive precise measurement. So the way to augment the positioning uh, and the accuracy provided by the map and its uh, by the drone and its imagery is really through adding uh, survey tools. So a ground control point is si simply a way where you would go on site with uh, highly precise GPS equipment or GNSS equipment to measure uh, the site at a couple points with a high degree of accuracy. Then you would merge, if you want, the, the map that you have been deriving from the drone with this uh, GCP uh, measurement. And by doing that, it augments the accuracy of the entire map. So another way to increase the, the accuracy of what would be given with the drone, which again is not very high if you just rely on the GPS, is to use a technology called RTK, real-time kinematics, or PPK, which is uh, post-process kinematics, which basically says not only you'll have the GNSS receiver in the drone, but you'll have uh, what is called a reference station or a base station that could be where the pilot of the drone is or could be a network of base stations that might be uh, in the area. What it does, it, it leverages not only the uh, GPS signal content, but also the phase of the GPS signal. What you get by uh, using a, an RTK solution, which is usually an add-on to drones that you might buy, it, it augments the accuracy tremendously, almost as good as a uh, ground control point. So again, let's take the example of the, uh, the mine manager who wants to know the the volume of uh, the piles or the earth that has been moved uh, can use a ground control point, can use also uh, RTK or PPK uh, solutions that are becoming uh, more and more available. Uh, another way uh, to use drones is really with another type of 
and so it's called LIDAR. LIDAR is simply a laser, so it's an active signal that is being sent from a, uh, the sensor itself and uh, scanning the area below. LIDARs are uh, very high accuracy, very, very good precision, they're very reliable. It's another way of using uh, drones. Often LIDAR is actually merged with photos. So the, I guess what I'm seeing here really is, you know, the ground control point, the RTK and the, the LIDAR are existing technologies that are being integrated to varying level of integration with drone technologies. So the industry and uh, surveyors and engineers are starting to just simply use drones and UAVs as a tool in the toolbox. They have other tools in the toolbox and they are really integrating those tools so that they can do their work more effectively. How do you see the UAV industry uh, affecting the GIS market? So it is uh, affecting the GIS market, although now what we have seen is, you know, I would say a moderate uh, affectation of the GIS market. But basically anyone can buy a UAV, anyone can make a map. And out of this map, you can uh, extract any type of information. You know, you can really uh, create GIS data from the map. So the GIS sector is affected where anyone can really create a GIS database from drone data. Uh, often GPS does not mean imagery data. You can have GPS, uh, GIS information without the orthomosaic uh, that goes with it. And sometimes it is enough. I was recently looking at a lot of emergency uh, maps from the state of California. Most of uh, the information is uh, GIS information, but with drones that provide what we call minute, map, minute maps or high resolution maps, then you can actually augment the GIS information at a much more discrete level than what you would get from satellite data or from you know, large scale aerial mapping uh, imagery. So the point I'm making here is GIS would be able to get much more uh, precise and much more abundant uh, level of data because a lot of people that before were relying on people, you know, walking, uh, you know, throughout the sidewalk with uh, equipment or, you know, from a car to go by with uh, expense of a, a mobile scanner, suddenly all those people will have access to a new type of information coming from drones that will come to augment the level of details and the level of information that they can integrate within GIS, whether it's for a municipality or whether it's for a fire department. Thanks so much for sharing your thoughts and uh, insights on the UAV uh, industry. And actually, we look forward to seeing what your next drone venture will be. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure, Bill. I'm glad we got to talk about UAVs and drones. I really like that sector, and I'm always happy to help. <laughs>